Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Rob Santiago in a message he's entitled, Just Yourself Off. It's a, it's a message about discipleship. It's actually a challenging message that he preaches, um, going through the parable about the seed, going on different types of ground. Um, what type of ground are we facilitating in our lives to allow the Word of God to take root? Um, man, it's gonna, it's this, this is a good word. Um, please listen, the whole thing, be challenged, and... Uh, Hope the Lord ministers to you. Give him some praise. I want to thank the, the worship team, man. And man, what just an awesome worship set that they played for us this evening. And it just felt really good to see all of you, for you guys to be here. And just the energy that you brought. I can't tell you how encouraging that is. Even just for us as, as ministers, to everyone on the platform. It just helps us, man. It it, re- it was really good to see everybody. So without further ado, I kind of want to just talk a little bit tonight about dusting yourself off. Okay, just dusting yourself off a little bit. I know a lot of us probably have a little spiritual, you know, uh, doubt in our lives. Maybe you're, you're a little dry in, in the season and you're probably not where you should be, right? Especially with everything going on, you're probably a little, you know, dusty. So tonight, I think it's important that we dust ourselves off. I was thinking about, I remember, I just want to tell you just a quick story. I remember when the, this whole thing with COVID started, and, uh, and it was, it was, I was venturing out to Target, right? I was venturing out to the, a supermarket with my wife, and uh, she said, you got to wear your mask, and then we had to stand in line, right? And I remember we did our shopping, we did everything. I get back to the car, right? And my wife's ready right there with hand sanitizer, and I'm like, well, I, my hands are clean. Like, what? like I didn't touch anything. She's like, no, you're going to do it. You're going you're gonna to put a hand sanitizer on. I said, but I don't think, I don't know if that's going to work. Is that really necessary? Like, yes, that's what the news is saying. That's what everyone's saying. You have to do these things. You have to do it. And I'm like, but I, I okay, all right. So I just kind of did it. And then I, you know, started rubbing it around my hands. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I feel a little better. I feel a little more secure now that I'm probably not going to get sick. And, and, and really what I want to talk to you tonight is, is for some of you, some of you are probably sitting here right now, and you're probably thinking, I don't need to dust myself off. See, because sometimes, you understand, in order to grow, you need to know that you're dirty sometimes. In order to clean something, you've got to see that it's dirty. And I think we can go, those of us that have been in the church for a long time, including myself, sometimes we think, okay, well, I've been to a lot of church services. I've watched a lot of services online. So-and-so prayed for me online and gave me a word. I'm all right. When in reality, that doesn't mean you're all right. That just means you put a little hand sanitizer on. That's all that means. That's all that means. If you just took a quick little hand sanitizer rub, you're like, okay, Lord, I'm ready for you. No, you're probably not ready. You need to dust off yourself some more. Amen? So tonight, I want to look at Jesus' scriptures and what he said. Because I think when you, you are reading the parables of Christ and his words, it has the most ultimate authority than, than any scripture in the Bible. One thing I don't like to do is, is I don't like to overanalyze what Christ said, but I take it as face value. Even some of the things that I didn't like that he said. You know, like let the dead bury their own dead. You know, and it's like, whoa, you know, it's some things he said is like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But I remember when I was a young kid, uh, my grandmother, she would make me fresh, me and my cousin fresh tortillas, okay, every morning, and then she would pray for us as we, before we walked to school. 
It was, this is during time of elementary school. And we would walk to school every morning. I'd go to my grandma, I'd get dropped off at my grandmother's house. And then she would take me, and then she would kind of get us ready and we'd walk to school. She wouldn't walk with us, just me and my cousin. And I remember every time she did that, she would pray for us. And I thought it was so embarrassing. Because not only was it just me and my cousin, the friends down the block, they would be waiting for us outside. Like they could see us through the garage, right? Into the house. And they could see like my grandmother's forcing me to pray. And I was like, well, I, don't, I don't feel like I need prayer, Grandma. I don't feel like I need this right now. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you need to pray for me. I'm going to have an okay day. My teacher's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I got cool friends, you know. And, and I just didn't understand it. And she would do that every day. And it was just embarrassing because my friends would be like, from like the side of this, you know, the sidewalk. And they're looking in like, hey, Grandma's praying for you. A couple times I would wave them in like, come on, Grandma, they need prayer. And, and, I, and my grandma would give them tortillas and we'd pray together and I miss her man but rest in peace but again it was just one of those things I just didn't understand it and maybe I didn't understand it because I thought I was fine everyone think they're fine hey Lord I'm okay I remember another story um, he's a mentor of mine he was a mentor in the past he was my old boss um, and, and he was an assistant pastor and he would he, every morning he would tell me he would give me a good word, you know, and he, he would he'd even pray for me, and we became good friends. And he, he even imparted my life a little bit, and he would always tell me, he would always say, hey, man, I'm twisted. And I look at him like, dude, I love, like, what do you mean? Like, you pray for me all the time. Like, you, I think you're just the most, you know, I think you're awesome, man. Like, I look up to you, you know. He's like, nah, man, I'm twisted. He, and he'd always tell me, don't ever think that you got it all together, Rob. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think that because when you think you got it all together, then you start to remove Christ out of your life. You start to push him out. And I've always, that always stuck with me. So I, I learned that. I said, you know what? I do have this flesh and spirit battle. And I remember Diga even talking about recently, he would even talk about this flesh and spirit battle, that the flesh is not going to leave you. Your emotions are going to be present all the time. And your emotions, your emotions could sometimes take you away from that. But it's good to reset and look at yourself and say, man, God, I need more of you. Because I'm not exactly where I should be. Father, I know that I, I, I've been in church. I know I got a word. I know I've, people are praying for me. I know that I study your word and I can teach and I can preach. But God, I still need you. And it's that depraved spirit, that poor spirit begging to God that you need to really reset. Say, man, when was the last time I truly begged God? And I remember this scripture that I'm going to read to you tonight. It's going to be our main scripture of the evening in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, where Jesus tells us this parable. Okay, and remember when I told you, when Jesus is talking, you need to listen. Okay, when that text is read, you probably should like just turn off the phone and listen because your Savior is trying to speak to you. Amen. But in Luke chapter 8, we're greeted with this parable and Jesus puts four categories of his followers in. Four categories, and tonight I want you to really examine these categories and figure out which one are you, okay? But in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, we're going to read, if you would like to read along, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered. They had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. 
Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Now look at this. He says it, right? He says this parable, but I love this parable because Christ even explains it. He expounds on it. And he says, when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let, let hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what, what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that those seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. In other words, you may not see, and you may not understand, but it is your choice. In verse 11, he continues to say, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. Verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Verse 15, the final verse, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by perceiving, produce a crop. Now let's look at verse 12. Let's, look, let's, let's just take a moment. What I want to do tonight is just examine these categories that Jesus kind of lays out there for us. And really, this is coming from a message of discipleship. So it might be a little stern tonight. Okay? But in verse 12, it says, Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved again. The scriptures say that the devil takes the words away from their hearts. I remember when I was in, in high school, I got into sports. My coach always told me, when you see an opponent that looks confused out there, just attack them. And I'm like, okay. And at first I didn't believe it. And he said, the reason why you're going to attack him is because he's not holding on to that ball as much as you think he is. He's confused about everything else. He's got a lot going on in his mind. And he does, probably doesn't have a grip on that ball. So you go right after the ball. He's looking at everything else. You go right after the ball, Rob. And I'm like, okay. And little did I know, he was absolutely right. Anytime I noticed that somebody was confused out there, I would be like, I'm going to go right after the ball. And I would do it, and it would work. It would work at least 70% of the time it would work. And I realized that sometimes that's how we are. Church, we say, oh, we got God's word in our hands, but it's, you're confused. Especially during this time that we're in. When the news is trying to tell you something. When a political movement is trying to control you. You're a little confused. Wait a minute. God's word says this, but my, my, uh, my governor is saying this. You know, God's, you know, God's word says this, but my political identity says this. God's word says this, but my friends are telling me that. My family is telling me this. And in reality, you, all you're doing is you're sitting there holding God's word a little loosely. And now you're just confused, listening to everything else, and your head's pivoting left and right, and not up, and not up to look at Jesus. And in reality, guys, I'm telling you, that's what the world's trying to do to you. It's this distraction that you have in life. You have this distraction in your life. It's called the flesh. You know, and I just think that sometimes we get so, we get so wrapped up 
in the distractions that are right in front of us when in reality God's word is giving you the answer that you need to see. The number one thing I get afraid of is, is, is a, lot of, a, a lot of Christians in the community, we don't apply God's word well. We think, oh, well, it's very old. It's very old, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not, you know, I don't, it needs to evolve a little bit. No, it doesn't. It doesn't need to evolve. Let me tell you why it doesn't need to evolve for just a moment. Here's a little PCBI plug, okay? Jesus reaffirms everything that's in the Old Testament. If you're serving Christ, you better know your word. If you're serving Christ, you better know your word because he actually reaffirms everything in the Old Testament. In other words, there's nothing old. Everything has been made new, just like the scriptures say they have. Amen? Well, that document's old. I'm hearing that on the news. It's very old. It needs to get, you know, well, you need more amendments in your life. Is that what you need? More corrections? You need some whiteout so you can correct some things? No, all you need is Jesus to give you the direction that you need. Amen? The other thing that we do sometimes when we get stuck and we're not growing, we allow the enemy to come in, is you limit your own spirituality. And this is, this is something that I struggled with. You start telling yourself all your insecurities. I can't preach like that. I can't teach like that. I can't give a word like that. I don't have that gift. I don't do those things. You know, why does that brother get to do that? How come he's blessed? How come I'm not blessed? And you're like, well, I'm not there, obviously, Lord. Then there, you know, obviously, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to limit my own spirituality. I'm going to limit my own growth because it's simple. Because you feel that you can't be like other people because you're comparing yourself. The other thing you do sometimes, or we do, is we, we hold on to our bondage. It's an old word. It's an oldie but goodie, but bondage. You guys remember that? We hold on to sin in our lives. And so we have this sin, right? It's an old, I mean, I remember this from when I first got saved. You start to, you start to protect that sin. You're like, hey, devil, I know I have this sin, Lord. Your grace is sufficient, you know, but I'm going to hold on to this one. You could have everything else, but I'm going to keep this sin in my life. And then you're sitting there, and some of you know what I'm talking about. I know, it's, I know you don't want to think about it, but some of you are holding on to sin in your life. You know, whether it be drugs, pornography, you got to get rid of that crap. You know, because really what the enemy, what it's doing is just causing more confusion, and your hands aren't wrapped around God's word as tight as you think they are. You think, oh, I'm just going to keep this one, Lord. I'm just going to keep this one right here. You know, and, and all it is is just a relationship that you have with the enemy. And you say, no, i got a relationship with God. I said, no, you don't. If you're holding on to that and you're not letting go of it and you will not receive correction, you're holding on to the enemy. You're listening to the enemy before you listen to a leader or a pastor sometimes. And that's what you're saying. That's what you're speaking when you do that. In verse 13, Jesus says this, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. Turn to your neighbor and say, no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. This is an important one. Once you receive Christ, it's just the beginning. In other words, now there's a root that needs to be cultivated. It needs to be, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be tendered with. It, need, it needs some attention. In other words, your root it needs to be strong. It needs to be something that you're continually pouring into. You're continually watering. It's not something that you take lightly. Amen. But you may eventually fall away from the word of God if you don't have a strong root. I remember I was, I, was, I think I, I kind of shared when the first time I got saved, 
And this is confirmation. The first time I got saved, uh, the youth pastor told me, hey, he's like, hey, don't you go backsliding on me. I said, dude, I'm not going to backslide. I love Jesus, man. I was 18 years old. I said, I love Jesus, man. I'm not going to backslide. What are you talking about? I feel in love with Christ, man. I'm good. He's like, no, don't be backsliding. And he goes, and, and then he, he goes, the moment you leave your guard down is that's when the enemy's going to come and make you backslide. And I remember that. And, I, and, and to this day, I've caught myself because of words that people have given me. I've caught myself not backsliding because of words like that. And really, it's because I didn't exercise my root. I didn't strengthen the root that's inside of me. I've put myself in compromising situations. I sought, I sought comfort over correction. You ever heard the word accountability? That's a tough word, man. You know, those of us that hold on to the sin, right? We hold on to it. That's not accountability. Accountability is when you go and you tell everybody everything that you're going through. Everything wrong about your spirituality. I love when people try to play this game where, hey, I'm, I'm spiritual, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, everything's clean. It's like, okay, you've been telling me that for like, you know, 10 years now. Like, dude, you, you should be walking on water already. You got everything together. You know, and it's like, come on, man. Tell, you know, be honest with yourself. Because remember what did I talk about to start this off? Understand that there is a problem so you can clean it. Understand that there's a mess so you could take care of it. Understand that you need Christ. Because when you think you have it all together, you're just sitting there probably, hey, I got it. I can handle this on my own. In other words, you need that root. You need to get rooted. How do you get rooted? You find like-minded people. I'm just going to say it. You find other Christians that care about your spirituality. You don't. You don't prioritize people that are material and sinful in your life. You prioritize the like-minded Christian that wants to make you holy. I'm not saying you can't hang out with those people. But what I am saying is don't prioritize them over your leadership, over people that are trying to get you rooted. Some of the best friends I ever had will always ask me, like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's my homie from, you know, from work. Yeah, you spend a lot of time with them? Yeah, dude, we're like best friends. It's like, yeah, does he go to church? You know? Yeah, oh, okay. And next thing I know, I've seen people... You know, where were you? Oh, I was with this other guy. It's like, hey, man, we had a lot going on at the church. You should have came over here. You know, we, we all hung out. Yeah, but you guys were doing work. And this is my favorite part. But we were still hanging out. One of the things I loved about, my, about this church is there was always something going on that I could help out with. I love that. And people see it as a problem. I don't see it as a problem. Because people would tell me, hey, Rob, when are we going to hang out? Like, what do you mean hang out? Like, yeah, when are we going to go out? You know, when are we going to go, you know, hang out and do something fun? Like, well, bro, you can catch me at the church on Saturdays. You know, we're doing work. I mean, we'll do something fun. Like, no, we need to clean this up. We need to clean the church. We need to do this. We need to run cable. We need to do that. You want to hang out with me? You could do it with me. You do it with me. You want to hang out? Well, you know, my buddy's going to Disneyland. Oh, okay. Your choice, right? You, you either want discipleship or you want to go hang out and party. Wow. What, what is it? And again, it's what are you prioritizing? 
What are you really prioritizing in your life? Because there's a bunch of people that want to disciple you. There's a bunch of people that want you to get rooted in church. Not rooted in something else. Not rooted in, in, in some kind of new hobby. Not rooted in some kind of, uh, of, of new thing you're trying out. Because all your friends are doing it doesn't mean you need to get rooted there. You need to be rooted in church. I remember when I used to uh, teach the youth. They would stay out, uh, like on Saturday mornings, man, they would stay out. I mean, Saturday nights, they'd stay out, right? The kids, they're kids. They'd stay up late, they'd be tired, and I would have to teach them. Their parents expected me to teach them Sunday mornings. And the kids walking in like this. They're like zombies. It's like, dude, I was putting the lesson, I was putting the lesson together Saturday night. And you have the nerve to send your kid over here? And you want me to help fix, you know, the spirituality of the child? Man, I got to tell you, church, sometimes we need to prep to receive. Sometimes you need to prep to receive. If you're walking into church like this, I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about some of you adults. You walking into church like this, showing up five minutes before service, chances are, man, you're not going to get the word of God. You got to prep to receive. You can't be staying out all late and then expect, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to God's word. You're putting yourself in a compromising situation. You are not even, you're not, you're not listening. You're not getting it. See, you got to catch it. You got to catch it. You may think like, Rob, you're being really hard on us today. But I'm being honest. Some of you don't prep at all. You know, we come to Saturday morning prayer. Pastor Omar comes up here and does a little devotion. You know what he's doing? And I, I never even talked to him about this, but he'll say like something he's working on. He'll give you like a little, just a little bit, plant a little seed on Saturday morning prayer about what he's going to preach on Sunday. He's prepping. His sermon's ready. He's ready to fire it off if you let him, you know. But he's prepping. He's planting a little seed. In other words, let's get ready to listen to this tomorrow. And really, that's what it's like with discipleship. You want the word of God to disciple you. Stop being tired all the time. Stop reading it tired. You should read it focused, ready to go. Amen. The other thing I want to talk about is in verse 14, Jesus says this, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. See, church, you need to mature in your walk. You cannot be where you were two years ago. I'm not talking about titles. I'm talking about your spirituality. Your spirituality. You cannot be where you were two, uh, two years ago, right? I remember this story. One of my buddies, his parents put him in karate. We were real young. He put him in karate, okay? And so he started coming to school, you know, kicking everybody, you know? And so, you know, we, you know, we go through school two years later. Hey, man, how's that karate class going? You're not kicking anybody anymore. He goes, yeah. I go, did you ever get that, that, belt, that stripe on your belt, the Taekwondo stripe? You know, on the belt, they used to have the black stripes. And he goes, yeah, I couldn't get it. I go, bro, how long were you in it for? He's all, two years. I said, you couldn't get one stripe in two years? He's like, yeah, so I just stopped going. And I'm like, dude, like, what the heck? What, you can get one stripe in two years, man? Like, you couldn't grow? Guess what happens when you don't grow, church? You give up. So examine yourself for just a moment. Have you grown? Because if you haven't, then you're probably starting to think about giving up. Just be honest with yourself. 
you start to give up. You know, I, I think there's, our, this world is filled with so much distraction to take you away from God that you will eventually give up. I remember one time I was learning about identity, spiritual identity. So I'd YouTube a few things. Like, what, is, you know, what does Francis Chan say about spiritual identity? And I would listen to it on my way to work. You know, what is spiritual identity? You know, I went into this, I tried to go into this deep study, but it's really not deep at all, I found out. It's really just pivoting yourself to say, I'm going to live for Christ. That's all it is. That's all it was. That's all it ever is. It's just pivoting yourself to live like Christ. So I say, you know what? Okay, so my identity needs to be found in Christ. So I just pivot to him, right? And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. But in reality, I started to, as I grew older, I got into politics. I'm going to talk about that for just a moment. Right? And I started to realize that there are, there are politics that are trying to give you an identity. And then you start to judge other people by that, based on what side of the aisle they're on. You start to judge people, oh, well, they voted for them, so therefore they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't do this, they don't do that, they believe in this, they don't believe in that, they, believe, they hate me. They, uh, and it's like, wow, way to go give somebody an identity. Right? And if you're talking like that, chances are you have an identity and it ain't Christ. If you're talking like that, chances are you have an identity and either Fox News is telling you what that identity is or CNN. All right? Our identities here in this church, everyone's identity needs to be grounded and rooted in Christ. Not in some political discourse on Facebook. Not in some political movement because it looks cool. And sounds right. That's not, that's not what this is about, church. That's not what our church is about either. Okay, we're about discipleship. And when I read verses like this, I think, man, this is amazing. Because it's talking about thorns and how it can suffocate growth. He talked about the thorns of worry, fear. What does politics do to you? It gets you worried. Brings out the fear in you. That way they can control that fear and now shift you somewhere else. They'll give you a statistic to scare you. That way you can pivot away from Christ. Let me tell you, I don't think it's done, oh, so they can pivot away from Christ. I, I'm going to make this clear. But I think the enemy's strategy is a part of that. I don't think it's done, oh, okay, they're going to do this so that people can stop going to church. I don't truly believe that. But the enemy will do it. Not that individual. The enemy works that way, church. Watch out because... That, well, what is it? I think maybe Pastor Isaac, we always say that the devil's in the details. He's in the details. In the little things you don't think are important. Right? You may have the TV on in the background that's feeding your kids false information. And then suddenly their identity is now found in that. But what Christ is truly saying is rise above the thorns and avoid the suffocation. Stretch and lean towards the light. When I was in, when I was in grade school, they taught us about photosynthesis. You guys, remember, some of you know what that is, right? Photosynthesis. It's about the, how a plant, right, will go towards the light. Okay? It'll go towards the light. In other words, it'll rise above everything else that's on ground level, and it'll start leaning towards the light to receive the nutrients it needs. Okay? And then it begins to, in the same way we need to, we need to do that with God. Hey, but I, I want to be clear with you, okay? Because of where, because of where our climate is today, you need to be in church. 
You want to be where the light is, right? You want to grow, right? You need to be in church. You need to be in connect group. You need to be on prayer on Saturdays. I'm telling you, this is discipleship. Okay? It's not so, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's there. I got to be there. It has nothing to do with, you know, names and who's here. It's so you can be discipled. Amen? J.I. Packer. J.I. Packer passed away this weekend. Um, and and I, in honor of him, I put this quote in, in this sermon. J.I. Packer was a, a famous author. He wrote a book that really touched my life that I have in my library called Knowing God. Okay? And he says this, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place on their own accord. In other words, I think about the cornerstone. I think about those words, right, in Scripture. Once you begin to look to God, everything starts to fall in place. I can't tell you in my own personal life how many examples I can give you of how that's true. I remember when uh, Pastor Angel Flores was being sent out to San Pedro, his first church, okay? I was a young youth leader as his, like, assistant. I was just a leader, okay? That's all I did. And so, and so he would, he, when he left, man, I, I was like, what the heck am I going to do? And so he's talking to me in the parking lot right out here. He's like, well, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Pastor Omar's probably going to ask you to be a leader now. You're going to do this. I said, dude, I can't do that. And some of you know the stories. I think I told it before. I said, well, dude, I'm going to, you know, my wife's pregnant. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I'm going to have a kid. I can't, I can't be a leader with a kid. You know, like, how can I? You know, I started thinking about everything in my life that would limit me from growing. From growing. Right? And he's like, and he's like dude, you're worried about everything. Just put God first. Well, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to buy a house. I, I have my own personal goals. How does that line up with, with what God wants me to do in the church? And, and how is, Angel, can you help me out? Like, can you just guide me? Like, what, when is he going to ask me? What, what, and it was just all frantic. It was confusion. It was confusion. See, sometimes you got to take your spirituality a day at a time. You wake up in the morning, God, I don't know what you want for me in this life right now, but today I'm going to live according to your word. Yeah, just tell yourself that in the morning. I'm going to do everything I can. And you tell somebody else, you know, whether you're a kid or, you know, you have a spouse. Hey, mom, I'm going to live for God this morning. Hey, babe, I'm going to live for God this morning. I'm going to live for God today. So if you see me messing up, tell me. Because I need to live for God today. If I'm not doing something right, tell me. Because I'm going to live for God today. And you put God first, everything falls into place. Jesus also says this in verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and preserving, produce crop. See, the decision is yours to produce. You have everything in front of you. You have everything you want. If you're in this church right now, you have everything you need to grow. I'm going to say it again. You have everything you need to grow. And it's not a lot. It's not some better preacher. Okay, this is all you got, guys, tonight. All right? It's not, it's not someone that looks better, is in better shape. We get so focused on individuals. In reality, God's word should be right in front of you. We preach out of God's word in this church. Come to church. Come to church. Come here and get ready to receive from God, not from me, from God. 
Okay? There are things that we do as pastors when we look at Scripture. We just say, I want to take Scripture at face value. I don't want to dilute it. I don't want to pollute it. I really just want the Word to speak to you. And you have to allow that. See, it's not a decision that I can make for you. It is something that you need to decide. You know, some people will say, well, I want this. You know, this church over here has this. This church, forget about that. We have the Word of God. What do you, is that not enough for you? You know, what do you need? Like, you need me to spoon feed you some more? You know, I I literally had somebody tell me one time, you know, we just don't teach enough in the church. And I'm like, dude, I've been teaching PCBI for 17 years. I've never once even seen you in class. Like, what are you talking about? You know who you're talking to? How offensive. You know how many slides I put together? PCBI plug, we start August 4th online. I'm going to be going over the New Testament, okay? The whole New Testament. We're going to talk about cultural context. We're going to talk about what it was like at that time. We're going to go through the books and how Jesus Christ is prominent in each of the books. We're going to talk about scripture, which ones are very, very important that link us back to the Old Testament to make sure we're saved and we're we're the promise that God was talking about all the way back in Genesis. We're going to go through it all, guys, okay? There's plenty of teaching for you, I promise, okay? Then we're going to read 1 and 2 Peter together. Why are we going to do that? Because... We're going to read the Bible together. That way, I'm not the one feeding you, but God is feeding you. How about that? All right? So that's what we do. All right? All right? So again, if you want me to feed you, I'll do it a little bit. But sometimes I get a little frustrated. Dude, I've been feeding you for like a year already. Come on. You should learn how to feed yourself. Okay? Learn how to feed yourself. Produce some good crops. I don't need to help you produce crop. You should be doing that. Amen? I love, Pastor Omar mentioned something on Sunday that I have to touch on. He said, even the devil believes in Christ. And he mentioned, verse, you know, he had verse scriptures to back it up. And I don't want to get into that. But it's such a reminder. Let that be a reminder to you, church. As you fall asleep this morning, belief is not enough. Belief is not enough. You need to exercise your faith a little bit. And as we're in this series... That we're talking about faith. You know, your faith needs to be exercised. Your faith, you need to be coming prepared and say, Lord, I need to get this dust off. I need, I need to get it off of me. Because I, I've, been, I've been messed up. I've been jacked up. I miss church. Things are not the same. It's hard to lift my hands, you know, because of sin or whatever's in your life. It just doesn't feel right. Shake that off. Get ready to go. Just like you did when, the, right, right now, this evening, you guys were primed and ready to go. It was a hype train of spirituality where people were, were jumping and dancing. And if you're wondering, why are these people so excited? It's because they miss church. They miss the word of God. You should probably join us. Those of you that are online, you should probably join us because we're having fun here. Amen. Jesus gives us this. He gives us the doctrine of sanctification, which means to set apart or declare to be holy. Okay. And it's something that you have to do over and over again. And the apostle Paul, he says this in Romans chapter six, verse 19. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Over and over again, you are to be wanting more. 
It shouldn't be uh, Sunday to Sunday. It should be every day wanting more. For some of you, every six hours wanting more. Having a little scripture next to you or beside you. Amen. Putting on a little worship music in the background to kind of keep you holy because you're busy. It should be something that is that you are chasing constantly. So what are you doing to be sanctified or growing constantly? Amen. C.S. Lewis says this, and I love this scripture or this quote. Relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. Lord, thank you for everything you did for me in the past. Moving forward, I want to continue this on with you. Lord, I want more of you this today. I'm going to live for you. So please work in my life today. Every single day, it is that just complete surrenderance to him. Amen. And it's important that you guys realize that everything is trying to distract you from this. But you, you can put yourself in either of those four categories tonight. Let me tell you something. The scriptures that Jesus said, or the words that he said, was they. In other words, it's here. Everything that you need is here. Everything that I've done, my salvation I've given you is there. My grace, the mercy, right? The atonement, I've given you everything. And as he pushes it to your side of the table, the ball's in your court. Hold on to it. Grip onto it tight. Because everything he has for you is right there. And as he slides it over to you, it is your responsibility to make sure that you begin to get rooted in his word, rooted in church, and rooted in your spirituality and say, this is a priority in my life. Not some Friday night feeling or Saturday night feeling at the bar or anything like that. Not a quick, you know, not, not just some quick upper that you take. For those of you that are struggling with any addiction. Not any dopamine effect that you need from pornography or anything like that. It's like everything that you need is right there for you. And he says, it is up to you. It is they, they, they. It is up to you guys. He's talking about us. Amen. And it's all about growth. It's all about strengthening your faith, church. You know, and I, I, I imagine, you know, sometimes, what happens if I miss, if I can have the worship team come up, what happens if I miss... My moment. You guys ever think about that? What happens if I miss my moment? Let me tell you something. Some of you are sitting out there saying, you know what, Rob, I think I missed my moment. I'm barely holding on. That's not true. There's something called grace, the doctrine of grace, where you can wake up the next day and start all over again as if nothing has yet been done. You could move forward. Amen. And so I'm not, I'm, again, I, yeah, I preached a, heart, a, a little bit of a harsh message today. But in reality, there's a form of discipleship that we need to get back to, church. I think we fall, some of us have fallen away, and we forgot about discipleship in our life. I'm even speaking to some, some leaders, man. Yeah, you have the title, but you yourself need to be discipled always. I'm still being discipled. I'm still learning. When I, when I read God's word, I learn something new every single time and that just proves to me that his text it is truly living it is not outdated it applies in every situation I can apply it like wow I'm glad I'm not going to do that wow you know and I look at even even just the people that are written about the patriarchs glad I didn't do that Abraham messed up Moses was a murderer and I think about David being adulterer but me how wicked am I too 
but God still touched them. God still used them. And so I'm not talking about, you know, just, you know, a message for tonight. I'm talking about a message I hope that goes on in your life, in your mind. Because the flesh is just willing to tear you apart, church. The flesh is just willing to take you away. The enemy's right there, ready to steal that ball away from you, man. Ready to take the word right out of your hands. And so tonight, for those of you that may not know Christ, you're wondering, what am I talking about? My life was changed the moment I accepted Christ in my life, and I made him a priority. Everything began to fall into place in my personal life. I'm being honest with you. That is my testimony. And so for those of you that are here right now, and those of you that are online, if you would like to make a commitment to God and Christ and rededicate your life or accept them into your life for the very first time, I want you to raise your hand if you're in this place. Just lift your hand if that's you. For those of you online, amen, we got one over there. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand, sis. God bless you. Anyone else like to join this honest hand? Anyone else? Anyone else right now? Those of you that are online, if you want to receive Christ into your life, I'm going to walk you through the sinner's prayer in just a moment. But the, 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 one, the one gal that lift, lifted your hand, did you mean that? Did you truly mean that? I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. But if you meant that, can you just come up here? Just come up to the front. All right? We're going to have somebody pray for you. Amen. We're going to have someone pray for you. Amen. Church, this is important. Okay? This is important because we believe in souls, amen? We believe in souls getting saved, amen? So we're going to take a moment and we're going to make sure someone prays for her, amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Someone's just going to minister to you right there. Amen. We have another one. God bless you. Welcome. Welcome. Amen. Someone's going to pray with you guys right there. Amen. Those of you that are joining online, I want you to repeat. Just repeat after me. Lift your hands if you're watching online. Lord, Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus... I invite you into my life. I believe that you died and rose again. That you came to save me. That you came to cleanse me. I ask that you come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and protect me. And and, and create a new path for me. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.